sorry. Hello? Is, it, is anybody there? Do you need to clap? Hello? Do we is have it, some kind of intro? Is it me you're looking for? Oh. Yes. It is. <gasps> cool. Wait. Who am I? And who are you? I don't know. Who are you? Uh, I guess I'm Reese. And then... I guess I'm Hannah. Not Hannah. 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 That's good to know. <laughs> okay, I'll try to keep that one down. Okay. Jingleberry Bob. Jingleberry Bob. Jingleberry Bob. The Christmas fairy. <laughs> Mildly in the corner. That's delightful. Less creepy than <laughs> usual. Well, I'm glad you're here, Jingleberry Bob, because you're just in time. Because it's actually, oh. it's kind of getting to the Christmas season. I hadn't noticed. It's like Christmas spirit time on, on the Movie Overload podcast, Hooray. actually. This is the... Movie Overload Podcast, oh. <laughs> where we cover 100 essential films from Paris, or wait, from Trip to the Moon to Parasite. Fuck Woody Allen. <laughs> Fuck Woody Allen. Well, that's very nice and all, but I hear Santa's a bit disappointed in your movie choice because it's kind of a pseudo Christmas movie. You know, what the hell? <laughs> and you, you probably can expect coal. But, I mean... I've, Not again. I've got a defense yes. for this. I've prepared a whole legal defense. 13, wow, 1333 words. That's how many wait, words I have to wait, defend oh, that hello. it's a Christmas movie. I'm, I'm receiving a communication. Yes, we will be monitoring this podcast and I will give you our, uh, our uh, decision at the end when we hear your arguments. Would you like to sit in on this one? Because uh, uh, Hunter's I'll, not I'll able be, to make it I'll, today. I'll be around. I think he's, I think he's coming in. I think I hear him coming in. Are you sure? I don't, I don't think, yes, I don't think he's here. here. I think he texted I'm me going to vanish that he's not going to be here. I think he said that you're my he's, replacement. <laughs> he's definitely coming. <laughs> <laughs> he's not right now. I'm going to disappear. <laughs> Bye, Billy Bob, Bye. Joel. That sounds Joe, wrong. Elf. Jingle. Oh, he's gone. Barry, Barry. He just disappeared in, okay, in a guys. snap. How, how's Hunter. It, how's it going? Wait, are we doing the podcast about Wait. that movie? Why Wait. are you late? What the fuck? How does that even happen? You know me. I'm late a lot. I guess that's true. What just I happened? Just, I thought you weren't coming. No, I... Where's... You said that Jingle Jingleberry who? Bob was going to be here instead? Who? who, who are you talking I have about? the text right here. Do you want me to show you the timestamps? No, I don't need your lies. It's fine. I don't need what? your lies. I don't need you to make stuff up. Yeah, I think, I think this is Hunter is an imposter. Oh no! Give me back the elf. I'm not you sus. Bitch. I, swear. <laughs> I want Jingleberry Bob or nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. The, Give me this the podcast Bob. basically can't continue without Jingleberry Bob. <laughs> so you're gonna have to leave, fake Hunter. I don't We're know gonna have a 30 minute is. intro about Jingleberry Bob or what you're talking about. Can we just? talk? I just thought we were going to talk about this movie. What movie? The Grinch. Oh, yeah. Home Which Alone. The, <laughs> the Grinch, colon, Jim, Home Alone. Starring Jim Carrey. And James McAvoy. And Tim oh, Allen. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. We should start that. So uh, Santa Claus 3, Movie I, Overload Podcast. I, I really like The Grinch because Jim Carrey's in it. I really Jim like Carrey's the one fun. that has uh, Benny Dick Cumbersnatch. That one's so cute. Because I like Illumination. The new animated one. I like the minions in it. I gotta go. I gotta leave. But Illumination is always make me happy. Remember, because in Despicable Me 2, they have Happy, the song Happy in it. Yeah, I know. I've had to listen to it a lot lately. Why? 
Is it because it's a Christmas song? Oh wait, I forgot. This is in the past. It um. What? Uh, a, What's a, a, a place time traveler? Place no, I, it's Christmas time. I think. I think I this hunter imposter at, might be a time traveler. The place I used oh. to work at played that song a lot. Mm. It drove me crazy. But they don't play it anymore. You were not happy. He's here from the past. To happy. Did not clap my hands. Did you come along if you felt like a room without a roof? Clap along no. if you feel like a room without a roof. <laughs> Is that Jingleberry Bob? Whoa. That was Jingleberry Billy. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Jingleberry. Just, just Jingle, Jingle Bingy Bill B. <laughs> Want to join in? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. What's okay. this about? I don't... Okay, anyway. It's fine. Anyway. 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You um, mother truckers. Wow. That was... I got excited. Just because <laughs> they like bombard us with hate tweets doesn't mean you can insult everyone. That's just going to make it worse. There's a few of them that probably don't. Maybe. I don't Hope. think so. They better. No. It's fine. We know what we did. <laughs> Review Wizard of Oz. Yes, basically. Negatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will not leave us alone. It's crazy. We wish we had that kind that's of the, attention. That's the I problem. I wake up to death. We rats. just have so much. It's like that's the problem when you get like a big audience, like what we have. You know, is yes. just you're gonna upset somebody. You can't make everybody happy, mm-hmm. and 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 it's hard. It's hard. Actually, harder to get guests because a lot of people are scared to be in front of so many people which is what i assume happened to jingleberry bob he seemed a little nervous he was just intimidated Mm -hmm. you have to understand it's true it's i mean i i because we have such a toxic fan base i just assume you know people are scared the thousands of fans we upset about gone with the wind and wizard of oz and Mm. snow white well don't worry we'll make people more upset today it's my Christmas gift to you. I'm going to shit on this movie. You are? No. Oh, thank <laughs> Turns God. Turns out, classic film, which we are, or the one we're talking I'm about, walk is out. A, It's a Wonderful Life. It sucks. It's a shitty life. Ooh. <laughs> it's a, I'm just kidding. It's, it's a Wonderfuck life. <laughs> Figure that one out. <laughs> that's why you have four kids. That's why we're actually... That oh. That's why we're actually reviewing Santa Claus Three. Yeah. So, um, so Tim Allen. What's that guy's name? Returned. Has baby. Yes, and who plays Jack Frost? I forget his name. Martin Short. Martin Short. Yes, Short. I knew it was a Martin. It's one of the Martin Short. He's good. He's good. The most iconic actor of our time. <laughs> Definitely. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, he's the most iconic actor of several decades ago. He's still yeah. good. I like him. I mean, he exists. He could. I get. Yeah. He's, him and Steve he's Martin. He's sitting there. So do you guys kind of like, do you want to talk about a movie? No. Or? I want to go to bed. Oh, okay. It's okay. been exhausting. Should I read you a Christmas bedtime story about that, a movie? That might get me in the mood okay. to talk about the movie. Yes. It was the night before Christmas. And no, all through the house, <laughs> not a creature was stirring. Not even a louse. Not even my blouse. <laughs> Whoa. And um, then uh, there's a story about how I didn't have enough time to figure out a rhyme for it, but 
basically what happens is Martin Short and Martin Sheen go on a fanciful adventure to try to deliver Christmas gifts on time, but they accidentally mixed up your gifts and friend of the pot Aiden's gifts. And so you end up getting all of the really like weird kind of creepy cosmic horror movies <laughs> and Aiden got all of the like indie criterion movies that that you are into and Paddington I feel like I like both of those things I know so that's the, like but that's the problem is that you can't because Aiden I mean, doesn't I'm... really like those ones and so he doesn't want to switch back like I mean he wants oh. to switch back but you don't really want to um, I feel like I could be okay and so way, that's yeah. why that's why Short and Sheen have to get involved. Whoa! Because that they decided uh, that I would, I would watch that movie. You'd, y- yeah. What a weird pair that would be. Martin Short and Martin Sheen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That sounds pretty like. Weren't they made for each other? Probably. They've got the same name. That's true. Aren't they related? Uh, I mean, yeah. People with the first, the same first name usually are Martin. Sh- Wait, is it Martin Sh- Ort and Martin Sheen? Yes. <laughs> I just had to go confirm who that was. I genuinely it is was not expecting Ort and Ean, the boys. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I said any of the things that I said, and I regret my life. So, um, so Frank Capra, well-known legend of the feel-good Hollywood classic, funded, produced, wrote, and directed not only one of the most beloved Christmas films of all time, but one that is rightfully considered to be one of the most iconic Hollywood films of the golden age. 1946's It's a Wonderful Life not only showcases perfectly an era obsessed with the American dream and family values, but does so with such power and charisma that it is still loved today by film fans over the world over, regardless of beliefs or politics, or even if they celebrate Christmas, I guess. While not without its problems. Exactly. It's beautiful. Um, I don't know. Well, not without its problems, it still stands today as one of the most effective feel-good films uh, of all time, not to mention its fantastic production or terrific performances mm-hmm. from Titans, James Stewart, and Donna Reed. Heck yeah. Wow! Which I, every time I read her name, I just thought of the Donna Reed party, and it was confusing for me. Do you know? Do you, do you guys? Do you guys not know the Donna Reed party? No. They were they were like a one of them caravans that instead of taking the Oregon Trail, tried to take a shortcut, and they had to eat each other. Oh, I do know that. I just forgot what it was called because yeah. my brain blocked it from my memory. It's the Donna Reed party. I do not have. I did any. have to read about that in depth. I, I do know. I have any memory of that. It was pretty sketchy. It was uh, brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, they labeled each other. I forgot. So. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So, you know, that was great. Yeah. So on that topic, (laughs) there's a lot of cannibalism in this movie as well. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Namely, uh, the big rich guy financially cannibalizing the citizens of a small town. Get it? Get it? I almost did it. Rich people. (laughs) Should I be the one delivering this report? Right now? Yes. Because I kind of feel like at the moment I am like high without actually having taken anything. That's what happens every time I record a Christmas podcast (laughs) historically. That's true. (laughs) Did I ever tell you about the other Christmas podcast I did? No. 
Yeah, I, I didn't was even high. know about it until like a month or two ago. You were actually high. I was yeah. high. Good job. On accident. Oops. As is, as has happened sometime. That's all good. That happens to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody was. I was like, I can't sleep, and somebody's like, take a sleeping pill thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, let's record, record a, a podcast. podcast. And then I realized I didn't record the Christmas podcast. Yeah. And I think that one also opened with somebody trying to tell a Christmas tale that derailed and was not even remotely entertaining. So I think we're on track. Um, I guess I've got a plot summary, if you care. I yes, do. Do we care? I mean, I feel like everybody's seen it. I but like, know. if you haven't, if they haven't you do you feel like it's important down. to see the movie before listening uh, to the podcast? Like, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is like a spoiler kind of movie. Yeah. You've had. Because like it pretty much opens 80 without 80 years ends. to watch it. Like if That's you hear the premise, you know exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. Like it's That's not true. complicated. Like it opens with, you yeah. know, it kind of, it telegraphs where it's going. And the description that you see that people write for the movie is very obvious. And like, mm-hmm. it's exactly what you think it's going to be. But it's a good experience still. Yeah. So it's one of those movies where it's like you don't have to be surprised by the twists. It's just like, it's just a good time. It is. But yes, please take us through. Just give everybody a reminder if they haven't seen it in a while. Can do. I will do my best. Uh, so George Bailey is depressed and contemplating suicide. And the angel second class Clarence watches all throughout George's life as he repeatedly puts his ambitions and hopes on hold to continue to take care of the little guy and those he loves giving up his chance on traveling, college, and even defining his own career investments. Bailey's time um, is uh, always put on hold to keep the family business afloat, uh, which is a building and loan company dedicated to helping the underprivileged out of the squalor inflicted upon them by resident rich asshole Mr. Potter. George's story reaches the present day with his uncle losing the company's assets, a sum of $8,000, by accidentally giving it to Mr. Potter. George spirals at the news and aware that his life insurance is worth more than he is, decides to end it all to leave his family something. Clarence the Angel stops him from doing so and convinces George that his life is worth living by showing him how very different this town would be if he wasn't ever in it. In a pathos-infused swell, the families he's helped over the years all pitch in to help him recover the losses and narrowly avoid a jail sentence. Which, if I'm going to be a little nitpicky, is the most contrived part. It kind of is. There's a few parts. The ending was... Yeah, the ending it, is a little. Yeah, mm. it's funny. Like it, it lets itself swing really far into like the the bad feelings and the good feelings in a way that almost comes off as kind of yeah contrived and and maybe overdoing it a little bit, but also it, it's okay, and it still kind of works. I think. Yeah, that's the weird thing is it's like there's an extent to which I feel like it doesn't entirely make sense emotionally mm-hmm. but it also still like overpowers me with emotion yeah. so i like it's don't care enough right like it works yeah. and jimmy stewart's just like the best and he sells it marry me jimmy stewart he's great <laughs> he's great <laughs> except for that one bit when she loses her bathroom right, and he's just like mm, it's so know. funny he's like though. i cannot i was just like but 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 why i'd be so pissed right like that's just like (laughs) sexual harassment it totally was but also it was just like fun like Like, i know they were just having fun 
it's in a certain context it can be just like funny and cute but she was just like i'll call the cops i'll scream mm. stop and for me i'm just hearing yeah. that and i'm like that's not okay not then. funny like it's it would be one thing if that happened like later in the movie like when they were married yeah. or something and like like he's he's totally funny. exaggerating it and like making a joke out of it. he's like i could sell tickets or something yeah <laughs> right. that was like, actually pretty funny like it's going way over <laughs> like, the top it's, like yeah it's like, like it's, yeah, no, it is it, kind of funny because you know though. it's a safe place because it's in this movie in the 40s and whatever but it's yeah. also like really she's like, uncomfortable the yeah. joke wouldn't fly as a joke today no you could not do that today even remotely you'd have to yeah anyway mm-hmm. no bad but also i, I get okay, it but like it, it, it gets me though just the first and he's like wait, wait a minute this is a very interesting situation he's <laughs> he's Oh no! <laughs> He's got a decent amount of charisma. Yes. How did that even happen? Because like, uh, it's just like he turned away, and then what? Weird. She just ran off, mm-hmm. and was like, "Ah, oh no, my <laughs> robe! It's gone!" It's like, uh, woman, woman, you okay. felt that. It's cold outside. Okay, it's cold. Depressing. What? Anyway. Okay. Well, so there is some information about this movie. But suffice it to say, if you only needed to know one thing about the history of this movie, it's that it didn't do well hmm. and it it didn't do well critically either and it was not considered a Christmas movie and nobody remembered it. No way. Uh, yeah. Uh, until it started getting played on TV in like the seventies oh. and eighties and then it became a classic. And then Frank Capra that was like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, now you like it. <laughs> Took 30, 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's apparently yes. the only, the first and last time that he actually, like, f- you know, funded, produced, re- directed, like, all that stuff at once um, for a movie. And, you know, he, he was known for, like, a few pretty big movies before, also with Jimmy Stewart. Um, notably, You Can't Take It With You from 38 and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington from 1939. I've seen one of those movies. You have? Which I've one? I've seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Is it good? Yeah. I I've been wanting it. to watch that one. It's, I mean... If you like seeing Jimmy Stewart do things and be a good person, it's pretty cool. But like in a political situation, <laughs> so it it's does it feel very similar. I mean, kinda. It's yeah, a a guy who gives up a lot of his time and energy to the point of exhaustion <laughs> for the good of some cause, and it's cool. I saw it in the theater like a year ago. That's cool. I had no idea. Yeah, it was one of the like when theaters were a thing, and I would they would do those TCM like old showings, and I would go with Keely. Hmm. We went and saw that. That's cool. Yeah. When theaters Any, were a thing. Anywho. Mm-hmm. But and I remember we mentioned the other one. Uh, you can't take it with you because that beat out something that we were talking about on the podcast before. I think it I think might have beat up Maltese Falcon. I can't remember. Maybe. Well, thirty-eight. Remember. No, it was thirty-eight. So. Anyway, it was I one of the we've things. We've mentioned it before, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so those were really big. Um, those were a big deal. Those had critical acclaim and mm-hmm. made money. And so, you know, Capra was doing well. This, he apparently, so it's based on a short story by Philip Van Dorn Stern um, called The Greatest Gift, which RKO bought for like $10,000 the rights to. Um, hmm. which is like $148,000 today. Um, but then they just sold that directly to Capra because he had um, 
a contract for like a bunch of movies with RKO. Um, and so they're like, Hey, we have this thing. And, and Capra was like, Oh yeah. Okay. That'll work for one of my next movies. And he wanted that to be like his big return to Hollywood after the war. Um, because he'd been doing like, you know, propaganda films and documentaries and stuff like that during the war. So he wanted to come back to Hollywood and like Mm. make a movie. So he bought it, um, for 10,000 again from them. Um, even though apparently he claimed in later interviews that he spent 50,000, but Mm. I don't think that's actually true. I don't think there's any record of that. Um, and you know, three, three scripts had already been written and scrapped and whatever beforehand. Um, that, you know, weren't very good, but he took like incorporated some of the elements from those for his, his scripts. Um, but anyway, so like he puts in his own money, he's like starting it. Uh, The budget was, um, 3 million. Um, but it ended up going to about 3.18 million. Hmm. So, you know, budget, like adjusting for inflation, that's like 40 million and then ending up going to like 42.4 million ish. Um, but he's, you know, he's paying for it. He's getting all this stuff out and then it comes out and it apparently results in studio box office losses of, I guess, 525,000 at the time. Mm. Um, it made 3.3 million in the box office, which is like 44 million today. But it said that the break even point for them would have been like 6.3 million, according to what I was hearing because of marketing and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, which is like $84 million. That's what they needed from it. So it totally like hurt studio faith in Capra. They're like, okay, I guess Capra doesn't make big box office successes anymore. Yeah. So that was a little sad for Capra because, you know, now we look at it and it's his, you know, most well-known film. Mm -hmm. Um, In an already legendary career, it's his biggest movie now. Um, Sure. But yeah, the writing was also kind of rough and weird. Uh, So many people have like had at least more involved in the writing process. It Hmm. says, um, so Francis Goodrich and her husband, Albert Hacklett or Albert Hackett, who were like, you know, power couple screenwriting duo. Um, Joe Swirling, who is one of their friends, Michael Wilson, Dorothy Parker and Capra himself were all involved on different versions of the screenplay. Um, it basically it sounded like Swirling and Capra were working on it, but he also had Goodrich and Hackett working on it separately. And then like they didn't really hear anything; they just knew that Capra was working on the script. And then he he like contacted them. He's like, "So when's when when you're gonna have the script done?" And so they just like rushed out the final scene. It was like, "Okay, uh-huh. we have it now." And they never talked to him again. And they oh, in in later interviews, they're like, "Oh man, he's such an arrogant asshole. I hate him." So I don't I don't really know how that writing process went, but it's weird because things were just being like connected together, I guess, by Dorothy mm. Parker doing some polishing or something. So it was it was already weird, you know, because there were like three scripts before that they were also incorporating. So there's just a whole mess mess of things. But it turned out okay. It did, but you can. I feel like you can kind of tell a little bit. Uh, yeah, because there are there are some bits where it just feels like it goes in a like the opening stuff, basically the first half of the movie before it comes and goes into the real time. Pardon. Um, to me has a very different tone Mm. than, than the rest of it. It feels like it switches at some point. Um, but also with the way that the ending works, it 
feels like it was rushed out in the way that reportedly Goodrich and Hackett hmm. did that. Like yeah. the ending feels like it just happened. And it works because of a lot of different things, because of the performances, because of the directing, because of whatever. But like on a plot structure graph, it's like it's it's weird. It resolves very quickly. Yeah, this is true. Um, and kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, kind of. But sort of. Kind of not, I guess. Like they're trying uh, to set it up for a while, but it still feels yeah. a bit contrived, which is funny because they're originally they were going to have um, there was like an alternate scene that they were originally going to do which like George like gets down on his knees and he recites the Lord's prayer. And like, that's kind of some of the resolution, hmm. but they were like, ah, uh, no, that's kind of, it's too religious and it's, it's distracting from the main message of like the people that he's taking care of. Yeah. Pitching in and helping him out. I, I might be inclined to agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would have been weird, It would have. <laughs> but like, that's the thing is then you can kind of tell they just went with something else. Maybe like it, it just, there's something about it that just doesn't feel like it resolves perfectly. Yeah. And it's not, s- subtle it's just gonna kind of hammer it home Mm -hmm. which is why the initial reception i think was a bit mixed because people were definitely saying it was like it's a little bit too fanciful and cute and like it kind of tries to talk about real world problems but then ends up just being like kind of feel goody at the end and not having too much substance yeah which i kind of see i I think it's debatable because there is still a lot of substance there that's powerful Mm -hmm. but but yeah it also just has a very like I don't know. Oh, America, things are good and we're good Christian people and everything works out and it's all happy and it's fine and don't worry about it. It's golden age Hollywood. Yeah. Is uh it's interesting. Like I feel like what it's pushing for is is cool. Like it's good. Mm-hmm. Like advocating for like I don't know. It's hard. There's different sides to it, I feel like. Yeah. Cuz on the one side it's got the like being a good person is valuable and is and is good (laughs) um very good very good you get friends and friends help you and then people actually like you and can help you when you're having a bad time Mm -hmm. and it's just good to be nice and help society in a way that's not greedy and cruel right also fuck rich people because this dude's crazy mm-hmm. and he's going to try and make everything suck. And I'm like, heck yeah. But then it's also like, I don't know, d- does he go too far sacrificing his own potential happiness and, and things for others, other things? Maybe that's part of, I don't know. That's I feel like in a weird way, Capra is like trying to... Okay almost argue for some dreams. sort of collectivism yeah kind of feels like where he yeah. where he's kind of saying like hey well you know you're serving the greater good and that's good and that that can come back and help right. you out and that's and good I, and i think that's true but it's also like it's kind of sad like it's very much just like you don't need to do what you want and follow right. your dreams as long as you help your people and have friends well that was the bit that fell off about the latter bit was yeah. it's like there's this kind of tragedy of him you know giving up everything to help yeah. out these people and it, it's good it's bad it's like, a mixed emotion yeah like you feel that when he's having the breakdown moment where right. it's like it's not only like the despair of what's falling apart right now but it's also kind of all those old feelings being drawn up as well like oh it didn't have to be like this i could have been someone else right but then what clarence ends up doing of just being like okay fine you don't exist and then yeah it really does feel to me more like he's rather than appreciating the life that he had he's more just like oh shit, like 
I guess this isn't, this is here. Let me, it's more like here, let me show you something worse than what you have. Right. And this, I, this, in this weird way of that, that kind of logic of, well, it's, it's worse for other people somewhere, you know, like, like when, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, not don't finish the food on your plate. And they're like, well, there are kids starving in Africa. You know what I mean? Or it's like that, that doesn't maybe actually respond to what that person you're talking to is really feeling, even though that's true. Right. You know what I mean? And and even though that that's true and that does matter. It's like, I get it, Clarence. If I hadn't been around, these people would have died and my town would be, worse but how's that gonna keep me out of jail but yeah but what does that mean (laughs) what does that mean for me and does it still matter that my life didn't go the way that i wanted it to and i didn't get to do anything for myself and i'm yeah depressed it almost is like a wizard of oz kind of thing yeah like just appreciate what you have you idiot it's very golden age it's just very what you'd expect from this era and i don't want to knock it exactly but that's entirely Is it's like when I when I want to talk about it and I go through it and I'm like analyzing it critically like that that those are my feelings on it, mm-hmm. but when I'm watching it I'm just like oh this is nice and I love yeah. it so yeah. it's I don't know my insides turned to actual mush when I watched it like I mm-hmm. felt sparkly yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I put on right. my letterbox letterbox totally is well made and it sells it it's it's very earnest and it's good and I like it it was it's good times really great like it was very cute. It really did almost bring me to tears multiple mm-hmm. times. I loved it. It does what it does very well. I know you guys were saying like you felt like some of the emotions were over the top, but when he comes home, yeah, he is so genuinely I... happy to be there. Yeah, like, right. It that didn't feel too over no, the top. No, it didn't at all. No, After no, no. everything, like it was so. Yeah, like, that's what hit home. I definitely yeah would would agree. Like he sells all of it. Yeah. It, if you didn't have Jimmy Stewart in the lead, it just yeah. wouldn't be a thing. Which is weird because apparently originally it's there's de- some debate as to whether it was Cary Grant was the one that like hmm. wanted the uh, this made into a movie and like found the script and whatever. So like they might have ended up going with him as the lead, but then hmm. it it never really seemed to be like they were fully in talks with him over it because but, Jimmy Stewart was just the perfect person to play it. so funny. His voice even, just the way he talks, yeah. like it had to be him. Mm-hmm. That's so great though. Just being like, Cary Grant being like, Hey guys, I found this thing. It'd be a cool movie, huh? And then everyone being like, Oh yeah, thanks. We're going to make it with other people. Oh yeah. Thanks. <laughs> with, Let's get Jimmy Stewart everyone, on Everyone but you. And he's like, wait, <laughs> come back. It wouldn't have been as good with Cary Grant, though. Like, I, I like Cary Grant, but, like, it, he's not the right person for this role. No. So I'm fine with that. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. Stuart immediately jumped on board because, you know, he'd worked with Capra on two previous films. And was just like, they were like, ah, oh, do you want to hear the story? He's like, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> I'm on board. Uh, and then they considered, like, a ton of people. Well, I mean, they also considered Hen- Henry Fonda for that role, hmm. apparently. Um, but he was ended up doing something else, and so it didn't really ever materialize. Interesting. And then for the role of Mary, they went through a ton. Gene uh, Arthur, Martha Scott, Olivia de Havilland, Anne Dvorak, and Ginger Rogers were all considered mm-hmm. first. Oh, Ginger. Yeah. And she was good. She, I guess she turned it down and talked about that in her autobiography, mm-hmm. where she was just like... What? A mistake, you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about regret. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. this is this would be a pretty pretty important role. Yeah, it's um, huge. Mm-hmm. 
And then for those other 17, like, supporting parts, Capra went through 170 actors to, mm. to fulfill those 17 roles, mm. which is which was oh, a lot, yeah. especially at the time. Mm-hmm, for the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a lot when you think about, like, the casting for Han Solo and the Solo solo no. movie, Han Solo, the oh. solo Star Even Wars commercials. Story. Yeah. Dude. Hmm? Him, Alden Ehrenreich, Inhale Caesar. Good. What a good soft boy. Good, good, good. <laughs> I've only seen the bits with him. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I didn't know what his character was going to be at all, and it was really good. Yeah, he's, he's very funny. <laughs> yes. Anyway, sorry, tangent was fine because we just have to bring up that movie every time mm-hmm. now right <laughs> yeah. that's a thing pretty much um thanks for saying that i immediately just pictured ryan gosling in the <laughs> role of george <laughs> would also work uh, it totally would oh uh, i yeah. want it now all the remakes with <laughs> ryan we gosling. have to remake every movie on this list with <laughs> ryan gosling um <laughs> yes i would i would know. die for that everybody subscribe to the patreon for hannah's side podcast everything with ryan gosling think about it like jimmy stewart's so perfect but as a modern day remake ryan mm-hmm. gosling he's who you'd choose Wait, yes hold on. if we're doing every movie starring ryan gosling as king kong yes <laughs> i'm sorry yes i would no, rather no. him be the damsel in distress <laughs> yes there you go he big monkey be great and big sad you get Jake Gyllenhaal to play King Kong. Whoa. Got Ryan Gosling to pay, play. I want to be Leo DiCaprio ones too. Ooh. Like Citizen Kane. Yeah. Leo yeah. DiCaprio. And then the Metropolis one with Leo DiCaprio. Man, like I can see it and it would work and it would be fine. But also something inside me just got really upset at hearing the thought of remaking Citizen Kane made oh. me want to like That's die. Well, like I, I got so, I was like, it wouldn't be good. But if yeah. we were remaking all the movies from the right. list, yeah. exactly. I would cast him in a few. Exactly. And I know that's what we were already talking about, but my emotions <laughs> did not understand. He got they triggered. Were just, they were very confused. Not okay. And with a lot of these movies, I feel like modern remakes of them would not have the guts to be as political as a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. I don't think true. we could sell the that's politics true. of the Metropolis. Yeah. Like we've gained way more <laughs> film freedom than we used to have but we've also lost a lot of right to say that's right make statements without people, people get getting upset. really pissed off at or any kind of almost statement exactly yeah. or at least it's just not as widely known about yeah they're out there or not. anyway so filming we've <laughs> arrived to the filming category it. Um, so it was it was shot at the uh, the RKO Movie Ranch on an adapted four acre set for Cimarron from 1931, which I've heard of but I haven't actually seen. Mm. Um, Twenty trees were planted there, as well as a bank was not planted. I guess it was built, but um, mm-hmm. good English. If you plant a bank, um, it'll grow. And animals were allowed to roam freely on the set. Like the whole town was like a built set, which was really cool because it's a mm. massive set. You know. Yes. It reminded me of the set on. I think Yojimbo, hmm. the Kurosawa film, which was just like, they basically made it this entire like town, just built an entire town for shooting in, and it hmm. was cool. And I guess they had already done that for this. Um, and so they just used, used a previous set, which is always cool. That's probably my favorite thing when going through like 
all of this like information on old movies is like like in Gone with the Wind when they like had the set from King Kong in that yeah. like Atlanta fire and like that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. so cool. And uh Children of Paradise. Yeah. With their that was <laughs> way how, crazy. How Forty mile long. Yeah. I don't know how big it was. <laughs> Enormous yeah. set. All that stuff is cool. Anyway. So shooting took the exact ninety days that were scheduled, which Damn is son. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't like multi-stock and we're like, we're just getting everything done perfectly. It was just more like, yes, this is exactly as scheduled. It's fine. Did it is neither good nor bad. Good. On average, it's a page a minute for a script. Mm-hmm. So, and people film a page a day. Hmm. Oh. Isn't that, that is also crazy? Yes. I don't know about back then, but that's the norm for today. It that's is really crazy. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but this was a 126 minute movie. So. Right. Yeah, I guess they're at a faster pace. Yeah, Yeah, way fast. Mm -hmm. Huh. That is interesting. Um, That swimming pool opening thing set. That was cool. It does still exist. No way. At Beverly Hills High School. Okay. Hmm. Yep. So it's just an actual school? Yeah. They just filmed in? Uh Okay. And uh, that kid that like set it off was Alfalfa. What? No way. Oh. Oh, I looked at him and thought he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Just I crazy. I love oh. that. Which oh. is weird because that changes up the timeline in my head of when that happened mm-hmm. because I thought that would have been later, but yeah. I guess it was earlier. Huh. Than 46. Oh I, my gosh, that's that, so funny. That mm-hmm. made me think of something else involving that character that I wanted to talk about. Okay, okay. It's, this is a really, really small thing, but I just like... There are some really good lines in this movie, and mm-hmm. I wish that I could remember more of them, but there are a few that I'm like... It's literally your job. It's so good. I, I, <laughs> well, oh, I'll have you know, I wrote one down, so <gasps> I'm pre- I am oh prepared God. for the end of this podcast episode. Wow. But I also really liked when he comes and steals Mary away from this kid, and he's like, hey, here's my dance, and he's just like, oh, why don't you stop annoying people? <laughs> 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 and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, just so blunt. Stop annoying people. Like, it's just every you once in a while, my date. <laughs> people just say something, and like, like if I were Mary, which is exactly like, I was just like, to me, I'd be like, I'm not. I don't know if I'm really interested in Jimmy Stewart just yeah. being an ass like I that. Know. Yeah, I know he just kind of takes what he wants. It, every just... he does, he does that like multiple times it's in this so movie, funny. specifically to Mary. Yeah. Men or around Mary. with women, like yeah, when he's 1940s. like, Hey, you are married to me, and she's like, Who are you? Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> that was creepy. I felt so bad for her in that moment. Uh-huh. Also, I used to nanny a kid who looked just like Alfalfa. Whoa. Really, yeah, it was really cute. Well. We called him Peanut, even though I'm allergic to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's get it. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> I hate that. Anyway, sister of the has a peanut allergy. Haven never met this kid, but we could have Haven on. We really should. Does she like movie thing that we cover? Maybe Which movies depends on the movie. Talk about like Paris. The other day, she yeah. was talking about how much she enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies, and I was really? like, <laughs> "Since when? Yeah. You need to watch them." Well, I was thinking, what if she did it instead of me? No, you can't. You <laughs> will not find a replacement. I'm sorry. You think you can get out of this? I like to be accommodating. You can escape your fate. I like it. I, I want to be nice. I want to be accommodating, yes. you know, but also, no. What that if movement I'm living in LA filming a movie down. at that point? We'll make it uh, happen. It's still going to happen, so. Meh. When I'm in Seattle, 
totally out of the state, right. it will still happen. Even when I am taking 18 credits, it I'm will still happen. Frowning into my mic. <laughs> Do you hear it? Yes. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's loud. Um, oh, also, they yeah. invented new things for snow in this movie. Yes. So the formula was made of water, uh, sugar, soap flakes, etc. It's nice. not asbestos, though. No. Thank which goodness. is good. <laughs> uh, another thing <laughs> that they the used Lord. back in the day was like uncooked cornflakes, which hmm. meant that they had to redub all of the dialogue with snow because it was too loud. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no. So they didn't have to do that with this movie and it won an Academy Award for technical achievement because of just the snow. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's so the cool. only Academy Award it won was because of the snow. I just got to shoot something with fake snow and it really threw me off. Yeah. Because it was it was like more hmm. it was so light and fluffy and it was like more sparkly hmm. than like real snow. And I was like, what? Does it look good on camera though? Like did you get I to think see? So I got to see the like playback monitor. It was just kind of blowing around though. And I was like, oh, it's just shiny and makes it look very Christmassy and like you're in a snow globe. That's fine. <laughs> not real at all. <laughs> it's not cold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just gets in your eyes. No. Yuck. Yay. Oh, and here's another thing that's yuck. Uh yuck. reportedly the actor of the druggist um actually hit the kid. That oh. played young George and made his ear bleed. Oh my god! Making the kid cry and the actor hug him. Basically, what, what happens a on freaking screen? Take well, like that, that. It was the kid that I think claimed that like years later. Like, so this actually happened. So it's not like it, hmm. it's possible it didn't happen, but that's what the kid said. Jeez. I was watching that and I was like, "This is a heavy scene for a little kid." Mm -hmm. Like having a man. I know it wasn't like crazy intense, but having the man hit you. I don't know. It was just a lot. Uh-huh. On top of, like, a uh, kid having job and uh, also on top of, like, having to deal with the fact that, like, he's, his boss is, like, drunk poisoning. and uh, poisoning and also his son died and, like, he's aware of, like, that's a lot of thing mm, that would scar adult. you, like, crazy. Well, also right. the two little girls that would sit up at the bar top. I was like, wow, how do they have like more class and maturity than I do? Like such swag sitting up there. What? Help me down. Help me down. Help you down. When she leans over the counter. Is this the ear you can hear out of? I love you forever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's like, just like, you know, one of many scenes that just show like this dude has just had this weight of responsibility. For all a long his whole life. time. Mm -hmm. and, and saving just, his brother. And it keeps happening, yeah. Just time after time where it's like he has a hard situation and he's got a good enough heart to deal with it, but it takes a toll on a man. And he forgets to be grateful. It makes him sad for it. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or accept help. Yes. Back. So three cinematographers were used for the different parts of the film. Um, the first one was Victor Milner. And Capra was like, I hate this guy. He's pretentious and slow. <laughs> so he kicked him out and he Mush. replaced him with Joseph Walker, who was then like Columbia was like, hey, no, you need to film this movie for us now. <laughs> and he was like, OK. And so he trained another guy, Joseph Byrock. And so all three's work appear in the film, but they shot very different kinds of scenes and different parts of the story. And so 
okay. it's relatively unnoticeable or just actually adds to the effect of like right. the tonal shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Differentiating each part. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Cool. So that's cool. Hmm. Um, there's a few other alternate scenes other than the Lord's Prayer thing. Um, originally, the boys play hockey on the ice and go to a no trespassing zone to g- retrieve a puck, which really upsets um, petty asshole rich old man guy who sends huh. guard dogs after them, and that's how they fall into the ice. Huh. Which is so convoluted. convoluted. Yeah. Makes sense why they cut it. It's easy to just, he slides too far Mm -hmm. and fall in hole, which he should have known was there. Well, it looked like they had things blocking it off. Did you see that? It was like cones that was like a not passing or something. (laughs) And he slid into that and it fell out of the way. And then he goes too far into Mm -hmm. the water. So it's like, but how would you stop yourself? You guys are sliding right towards the big hole. It's not a great plan regardless. Yeah. Yeah, And it was like wide open. Dumb kids. Um, There's also originally a detour in George's dad's office in Mm -hmm. that scene where he's like trying to find help because of the poison pills. Um, Oh, where Uncle Billy accidentally sets a waste basket on fire. That's that's okay. basically what happens. And I just put in parentheses, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Thank you, Uncle Billy. Very cool. Yeah, he like throws a cigar in there and doesn't think about it and then catches fire. And then so it's whoosh. more just kind of random just stuff. Why, that's like, yeah. It doesn't add anything. It's no. Like, it's probably good that it's Everything they cut is like, yeah, that shouldn't have been there. So that's fine. Yeah. Um. Also, it led to a falling out with the composer, Dimitri Tomkin, hmm. who had done a lot of other Capra movies before. But Capra cut quite a lot of the score. And Tomkin was like, you you think this is optional? <laughs> and so he goes really mad and never, never worked with him again. But hmm. also, to oh. be fair, I feel like the score is easily the weakest part of the film because it comes in at random moments and then it like gets cut out really quickly. So part of it's the way that it's edited. That's fair. But also like... It's really sappy for a movie that like doesn't feel like it needs that to have an emotional impact. Yeah, that's mm. fair. So I I am kind of partially on Capra's side on that one. I don't think that was a terrible creative decision to not use need more it all the that. time. It didn't need all of the score weighing it down all the time. Yeah. So I like that it wasn't there for most of it. But when it was, I was just like, yeah. Like the oh. bit where he goes up onto the bridge. That was the bit that I was like, this shouldn't, the score should not be there. It was uh, weird. It did not belong. Yeah, didn't need it. But what's the alternative? Just silence? Yeah. I mean, yes. most of, <laughs> most segments in most movies, I feel like, don't have a score behind them. And you just don't notice it. Yeah. And it comes in at the right times, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. But yeah, so the initial reviews were mixed. And the FBI released a statement about it. Okay, Um, I have a quote for it. With regard to the picture, It's a Wonderful Life, Redacted stated in substance that the film represented rather obvious attempts to discredit bankers by casting (laughs) Lionel Barrymore as a Scrooge type so that he would be the most hated man in the picture. This, according to these sources, is a common trick used by communists. In addition, (laughs) Redacted stated that, in his opinion, this picture deliberately maligned the upper class, attempting to show that people who had money were mean and despicable characters. <laughs> Something that people have talked about later being like, it's funny that like they never mentioned the fact that like rich man gets away with theft. It's just true. entirely. This is true. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's I don't it's like where where's the lie though? 
That guy comes into the end though and rips up the paper. Yeah, yeah. And like that's it on all the fine. table. I think that's kind of a separate thing. I think it's more about. Oh God, I already forgot his name. Lionel Barrymore's Mr. Potter. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Potter. Him being a dick because right. he's rich and he wants to gobble everything up. And that's how rich people be. And so and they, they were like, suck. they were like, uh, that's you're a communist because that was we're getting up to the Red Scare era with McCarthyism and garbage. Mm. Um, so sometimes, yeah, where they're just like, ah, everybody in Hollywood is apparently a communist. <laughs> Which, I mean, no, but like, that's fine. But that, that's the thing, is that McCarthy was like always, I was reading about this recently, but he's kind of always like, ah, I have documents, I have evidence that shows blah, blah, blah. And then he never shows these documents because mm. they don't exist. And it's just pinning it on people. And mm. that is topical for the moment that we're in right now, but does not matter when, because cause Christmas, um, Merry Christmas. Hopefully things have settled down by now. Merry Christmas. <laughs> They have, Hunter. They have. Because we're saying? recording I'm up to two days before Christmas. With uh, with current events. Exactly. Um, Huzzah! Oh, man. Wasn't that thing funny that happened the other day? That meme? Oh, that I was crazy. It. That Christmas meme that happened? Oh, so funny. yeah. 2021 is like just around the corner. Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Isn't it? I'm, aren't you glad that we're done with like the third wave of COVID already? Yeah, and the election was forever ago. Like, I'm glad everything's like sorted out now. I mean, yeah. of course, there's still there's still some fires burning, you know, Not maybe couple. metaphorically, maybe physically, yeah. um, but they're but there. It, it is well, what it is. Everything's okay now. Yeah, we have a vaccine that works. It's all gonna yeah. disappear on <laughs> January first. Uh huh. January 1st, though? Why January 1st? Because that's when 2020 is over. So it'll oh. just magically disappear. Because that makes 2020 sense. is the hell year when it's over. Everything will go back to normal. Oh, normalcy. I am really looking forward to that. Where Every movie just comes out on January 1st. Because they're like, okay, fine, we can release it. It's not 2020 oh. anymore. You all, got, you all can go to the movie theater. <laughs> Don't make me want things. As many of you I, as you want. Don't make me want things I can't have. Movie passes back. Yes. I'm still going to cry about Dune, which was supposed to be basically out by now. Yep. Instead, no, never. I get it, but also... mm. Yeah. So this was not a popular film whatsoever until it started being played on television in 1976, which is crazy. So 30 years later is when it starts being able to be played on television. Our parents were Whoa. There's a pattern here. This keeps happening with these oh movies, doesn't gosh. it? Uh-huh. It's a, it's a weird because, yeah, a lot of films are like hated initially that are on this list and now considered the best movies ever. I wonder, like, what, like, I wonder if we have any movies like that. Like yeah. movies that come out now that are just kind of like passed off as like whatever. And then in like 30 years, they're going to be like, oh my God. Nightcrawler. Oh I feel like Nightcrawler is going to be legendary I feel like we like someday. Nightcrawler. We already do, but, but like, like I it's think it's going to be a big deal. Small. Yeah. Maybe. Um, dope. Anyway, so it's a it's now it's eleven or it was eleven on AFI's greatest movie list, uh, in 1998 when they made that list. But then they made another one in 2007 and it mm. made it to number 20. Um, it's number one on AFI's most inspirational American <laughs> films list, which is so hyper specific. It's very specific. <laughs> um, Jeez. it's got a 4.3 on Letterbox, making it 94 of the top 250. Nice. It's 8.6 on IMDb. 
Uh, it's got a 94% critic score and 95% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it did make it into the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress, just like many of the other ones we've covered. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure like every movie we've covered. Basically. <laughs> is yeah. Um, yeah. So the way that that got on television is interesting, though, because hmm. there are a lot of rights issues because the film changed hands multiple times. So it was originally Liberty Films, um, which went to Paramount, uh, which then went to M&A Alexander, which then went to national telefilm associates and uh nta had this clerical error that led to the copyright not being renewed in 1974 they just couldn't renew the copyright because of a clerical error Hmm. and so television stations could play the film without paying royalties to anybody except the author of the original story it's based on because it's still considered derivative work so that's Hmm. why it was played on television is because they could do it cheap (laughs) but this led to being remembered as this classic one of the greatest movies of all time because it was played on television because of a clerical error make it really accessible yeah um and then nta turned into republic pictures in 19 and which was then in 1993 able to argue that they had some claim to the film since they owned the rights to the short story it was based on so then i think they started getting some royalties um and then republic pictures was bought by viacom meaning that paramount once again owned the rights making it one of the only RKO films that Turner does not own at the moment. Hmm. One of the very few. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting, I guess. Um, and all of the public domain dispute led to the film being colorized without Capper receiving any artistic control. He was originally like, hey, I'm going to fund this. We should do this this colorization thing. It'd be rad. Mm-hmm. And he like gives this colorization company like $200,000 to do it. And he's like, yeah, and we'll split profits. It'll be awesome. And then they're like, actually, you don't fully own the rights. We could just do this without you. And so they gave the money back to him so they didn't have to pay him anything. And so then he was oh, protesting gosh. the film being colorized. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and it's been colorized three separate times, I guess, over the years. Huh. Um, oh, yeah. But it also led to it being released on home video in a lot of different weird ways. Oh. including by Kinesoft on CD-ROM in 1993, making it the longest-running video on a computer at that time. It was like the first time the they were heck? able to have a full movie on a computer was I this movie. Know what that is. Kinesoft had to work with Microsoft to be able to get it, Windows to work to be able to run this movie on CD-ROM. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't that cool? I want to look into that. that sounds I cool. actually really cool. have seen this movie in black and white more than I've seen it in color. Yeah. So yeah. I watched it in color this time. I did too. Yeah. I watched it in black and white because I think I'd seen it in color before. It's on both of them are on Prime. Yeah. So oh, that's they what are. Happened. Yeah. yeah. It was re- it was restored in four K in twenty seventeen, um, and both the black and white and colorized versions are put on Prime Video. Oh, I only saw the colorized version, so that's the one I watched. I started the black and white, and I was like, I always watch it in black and white. It's pretty good in color. I'll mix it up. It looked pretty good. I like how subtle colors are in old movies like that. Mm-hmm. It's like super muted yeah, colors. Yeah. See, I just like lately. I feel like I prefer black and white movies. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to rewatch Logan or Parasite, I would watch the black and white versions. Yeah. I just think it looks nicer in general, which mm-hmm. is weird. Because oh, I guess Francis House is my favorite movie. Okay, fine. Yeah, I, I guess that's. I guess out. that's a that's a trend for me. Um, but also, Rear Window looks really good in Technicolor. Really good. Interesting. Um, I'm really excited for us to cover that one, uh-huh. which also Hype. they actually piggybacked. That's a, that's a good point. Thanks, me. Um, 
the way that they were able to argue that uh, Republic was able to argue in 1993 that it could claim some rights based off of you know owning the original rights to the short story it was picking at, p- piggybacking off of a court case uh, that James James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart was in for rear window rights issues. Huh. Oh. So I'm excited to hear about that more once we get to rear window in a few weeks. I think I'm researching that <laughs> one. Be very exciting. Hi pipe. So yeah, I want I want to know what whatever that court case was because that was apparently a big deal in in the rights game. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know that there's that much more to say about the movie. Uh, further watching, it got beat out. It, it got nominated for five academy awards but the best years of our lives beat it out on pretty much everything Gosh, uh, dang it. which by the way was william wyler uh-huh and Gasp. and frederick march was the <gasps> one that won best actor so like going back to our a star is born thing like oh. they just went came back in in 46 made a movie that just destroyed it's a wonderful life and it's a wonderful life would have won all of those Oscars if they'd put it out when they're originally planning on because they were going to put it out in 1947 in January. Oh. Uh, but they, for some reason, didn't. They wanted it to be in the 46 Oscars, so they put it out in December 46. But you said it really didn't do very well, so mm. it's like it it wasn't received well, but it got all these Oscar noms. Yeah, it was. Huh. It's it was mixed. Like yeah, a lot of people were like, eh. But it got all the Oscar noms anyway. Mm-hmm. But it probably would have won because there was like no competition in 47. Mm-hmm. But in 46, there was all this competition. So it was a really stupid move for them to put it out in December <sighs> instead of January. They dumb. Yeah. Like they, if they just gone with the original release date, then it would be known for having all these Oscars. And that probably would have helped it to be more well known at the time. Obviously, you know, it actually, it's weird because when you think about it, it in a, in a very it's a wonderful life way if it hadn't happened the way it did we might not have it now it's true because if it was popular at the time then it probably that clerical error might not have happened because it was like a bigger deal it wouldn't have gotten passed around from a bunch of small studios you know it would have been kept yeah. by rko and it might not have had the same amount of popularity that it has now because it wouldn't have been played on television as often. So thank goodness. So in a weird way yeah it made them lose four academy awards or something but <laughs> That's it, fine. But we still fine. know but it about also, it. also, we know about it more now. More than whatever did win those It has awards. more that's modern true. critical acclaim than it would have had, probably. Yeah. So that's interesting, for sure. Instead of saying, it is what it is now, when someone's like, blah, 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 I'm going to be like, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. And they can take that as sarcastically you or, like it or, or not. seriously as they want. Exactly. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the... Uh, Oh, I don't know what word to use to describe them. The plays I did through high school mm-hmm. that were written as fairy tales where angels oh, were sent to save the princesses or whatever. And I was oh, like, yeah, oh, that ones. opening dialogue with Clarence. We're right. like, we need you to go do it. And then he oh, can get gosh, his wings. Yeah, I was like, this yeah. is a play I was in for sure. I kind of <laughs> totally just took that and like stuck it in all those things that you were in. I went to go see a lot of those. You did. Yeah. yeah Mirren saw all of them. Hunter saw all of them. The same concept. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. I did kind of like that framing device, though. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Just like the little animated like galaxies and the Clarence coming in as like a little star. It was like, yeah. hi, God. It was cute. And then I, it was funny because like, I was like, why is there like a throwaway line about him reading Tom Sawyer? And then it made sense because like he had like an actual physical copy of Tom Sawyer. 
Yeah, it was but cute. I still don't understand why. It was pretty random, but I it think it was, was just to be like to be like a calling card to the audience to be like, "Oh, it's the guy from earlier." Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, makes him for me I was like this is random and then I was like, "Eh, it's kind of like relatable or adorable for an angel to be like, "Tom Sawyer." I don't know. Oh, he's excited about it. He just needs to get his freaking wings. Yeah. They were kind of like trash talking him before he was in the room That's in true. space. And did he say he died? Is he like a person? Yeah. Who became. Well, that's angel? the weird thing is. This movie has weird. Capra quality. said that the reason why he made the movie was to combat, like, the 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 rising tide of atheism or something huh. in the U.S. And he wanted to make something like kind of okay. religiously minded. But it's weird because nothing about any of the weird like, angely type things. Have like even any kind of remotely like Christian or religious bent? Yeah, no. They called him Joseph. Right, was the other one. But it it feels vaguely like the the um, American evangelical tradition, which is like, like, like you remove the actual like basis for why anybody believed that thing, and you just leave in like traditional value. Yeah. In in quotation marks. Set up your nativity scene, but don't believe in it. Set up your nativity scene, but like, you don't know what it is. It's just a Christmas thing. It's it's it, yeah. It's very Christmas, I guess, yeah. in that sense of like, it's got some of those things, but it doesn't feel like it actually has like any connection to well, what Capra said he was going for with it. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna set up my nativity scene tomorrow. Yeah. For Christmas. Right. Because Christmas is in a few days. Yeah. And I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna a little late. put a. I've been procrastinating. <laughs> I'm gonna put up a little post-it note on one of the angels that says Clarence. Aw, this yeah. one. We should decorate our Help Christmas tree tonight because we haven't done that yet. We should. Yes. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah, like it's yeah. that tree's just been sitting there bare <laughs> for like, like a week. Oh, there's yeah. like those people that like put their Christmas lights and decorations up like in like november or october and then leave them up till like february we're like the opposite of that we're like oh it's christmas eve i guess i'll put the tree up yeah and then take it down the day after december 26th tree goes down we take it down on christmas on christmas that's yeah, what i think so we you've opened all your presents <laughs> tree's going down Help we me take out. it down by 8 p 8 a.m <laughs> actually then... if i lived alone i would already had had my tree up right after halloween because the christmas mood was strong this year sad i would was do that it? What for me it? i felt like the october mood was not there i always get into halloween and this year i didn't sad it was sad i really wanted to this year I did too. like we tried we actually tried i remember we were like playing through some spoopy games and like trying to get get ready for it and it just didn't really happen yes yeah, it wasn't folly was enough it's just it like wasn't. summer part two yeah yeah with a except also bit of snow. snowed <laughs> a couple times but yeah, fall, it felt like snow Christmas in July. It didn't feel like snow in fall. Yeah, yeah it wasn't very Because now fall-y. it's just 70 degrees again. Whatever. Anyway, just it's kidding. Fine. It's December. Yeah. Well, it's cold outside Let's, now. We're getting a white Christmas this year, baby. God, I hope so. We didn't, fires. we didn't last year. I hope we do this year. I've been dreaming of a white Christmas. Christmas. Are we going to watch White Christmas? Further no. watching, watch White Christmas. I actually don't. That movie did not stick with me. Really? I was just thinking about that yesterday, I, I think. totally have that movie like in my head. Really? Yeah. I need to rewatch it then. Maybe I was just too young. I remember yeah, it being I boring. No, I think you would actually really like that one in I particular. probably would. Yeah. But uh, we're going to watch a cool movie next. Yeah. 
you oh. can't take it with you. And Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> yeah. Not third man. Oh, man. The third man is sure that he's being watched by an eye in the sky that can't be stopped. When you get to the promised land, you have to shake that eye's hand. Are you rapping at me? What? No. The I'm only rapping you better have right now is rapping paper I'm, for my present. Oh, I'm quoting louse. Modest Mouse lyrics. They're Whoa. about as they they definitely don't rap. Modest louse. Modest mouse. Take this, you louse. Modest blouse. <laughs> got it. Got it. Classically, Mod- Abby mod- told me I have to dress modestly. I feel like I'm intoxicated. What was in that eggnog? <laughs> Everything. Ever. <laughs> all of them. So it tasted uh, weird. Whoa. I'm sorry if you if, uh, if if Hunter wasn't able to cut out the uh, the audio of my iPad giving me email notifications. <laughs> I turned my volume all the way off. I don't know why the notification sounds are still coming through because there's no switch to turn that off anywhere oh. on this mm. device. That's weird. So there's like I, I don't know. I'd have to like mm. poke around in settings to try to find something to turn it off, and that's stupid. I think weird. we should leave that in. I think we should leave your sneeze in and my panic attack in, so that we, the audience can just have a full experience of what it's Guess like what? to be here. I just won't edit this episode. The only thing we should yeah. take out is my post my boring anecdote story <laughs> about. Yeah, Martin I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, it was short. Great. It was Our funny. Forty-five minute intro about Jingle Berry. Bob. Still, Speaking of which, where is Jingleberry about. Bob? He you said know he was going to come back, right? Oh my you know, god! The only thing that makes me think Hi, is Billy. I have to go pee. <laughs> I gotta go pee, so I'm gonna go pee while you guys wrap this up. Kay. You're hydrated. Okay, bye. That's not I'm how this. Going. Wait, but wait. Hunter. Oh, maybe Jingleberry Bob has a quote for us. Maybe. Hello? Oh, hello, guys. It's Bob. Me. Oh hey. Oh my god, I missed oh, you. Sorry, Jingleberry Bob. Hello. <laughs> I've missed you, you beautiful little elf. Whatever you are. I'm a Christmas fairy. That is what I told you earlier. I would like to be respected. Your voice cracked. Are you going through puberty? Probably. (laughs) 3,000 years. I was definitely at work the other day and my voice cracked really bad. She was really sad. You don't work anymore. Anyway. Your tacos are ready. God. (laughs) You know, with Santa in the workshop up north. You said you were a fairy. I am a fairy. <laughs> Elves are alive. We're say, fairies. Say fairy godparents. Don't patronize me. Say it. No. Say it. I, That's kind of racist. I am here to deliver a verdict. Fairy godparents. <laughs> it has been declared by Lord Santa Claus, the god of Christmas. <laughs> That this movie is indeed Christmassy enough. That's so good to hear. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. So you may speak of it, and it goes. It uh, will be allowed to be a Christmas movie. Do you guys want to... Oh, hey. uh, Do you guys want to, like, let the audiences know where they can find us on the internet? Instagram. I wouldn't know anything about that. Twitter. YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> Mo- movieoverloadpod.com oh, Google is your friend Movie Overload Pod on Instagram Movie Overload underscore because Twitter is lame on Twitter Patreon.com slash Movie Overload Movie Overload That's it And as we say hey guys, I forgot to do I forgot I needed to do the movie quote Oh yeah right I'm back Hi Um, 
Sorry, what continue. Have, okay. give, me the, give me the outro. Um, thanks for listening. You're okay, We like to say a thing when it comes to this time to say things. Uh, and that thing that we like to say generally tends to be... Say brainless. Don't you know where coconuts come from? That's my quote. That's the perfect quote. That's the moment we all fell in love with George Bailey. Don't you know where coconuts come from? That's when I realized that's that kid's a jerk. (laughs) He's such an asshole. He's a misogynist. (laughs) And she was so cute there. I don't don't like coconuts. He was always kind of an asshole to Mary, even though he kind of loved her, but he was kind of an ass. And she was always just like, hey. That's fine. Yay, at least he's cute. Because I'm the woman, and I'm supposed to just be fine with uh-huh. that. I don't have to have a personality. I have to be a homemaker <laughs> and happy all the time. <laughs> but even these little girls, it's like, he just called you brainless. Mm-hmm. And you look like you have enough swag to take out a small gang. Like, come on, little girl. That's true. Come on. Yep. Anyway, Hunter, good job. to me for some reason. Well done. I wrote it down on, the quote. on a piece of paper. I want to so. say bye to... Um, all of you, and specifically Jingleberry, Bob, and Billy. Bye. I don't know who that is, but I respect that. Bye. Oh, see ya. (laughs) My name's Billy, and I'm saying bye. (laughs) 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 Uh, That's how I communicate at Christmas time. That makes sense. You know, we're just so full of the spirit at the moment. I really am. The Christmas spirit, not the, not, not. The holy one, not the alcohol one, <laughs> the Christmas one. Not the Halloween one. We're being one. filled with the spirit. You know what they say. The Santa spirit. Santa is the god of Christmas. Uh-oh. Oh, God. You know, I just heard that recently. It was the first time that's I heard weird. that. That's weird. I feel like that's like a really niche like internet thing that I've seen. That's uh-huh. so random. It's the first time I heard I Man, it's like, you, you sure you didn't, did, you didn't see J- Jingleberry Bob out in the hallway? Who? I ain't never seen two pretty best friends. That's okay. That's a trend right now. <laughs> never forget that. it. <laughs> I've seen that. I don't know why it came up it's just so now. It's so weird. Anyway. I have seen that. I digress. I found a good one of it that I'll show you guys. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway. I think that might be the end of the, the I think the pod so. Okay, quad. bye pod. See you later. Later. We're going to have like a Christmassy rendition of our theme song. I did that at the beginning. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know why I sneezed today. Yeah, no, this is going to be so hard to edit. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. Um, I think you're editing this one anyway. So, uh, And I need a tissue. Oh, God. I'm dying. Hold on. <laughs> why? <laughs> Please leave this in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Sometimes I am. Sometimes it's always hard bleed. to tell because, like, honestly, I'll sneeze and then I'll just be bleeding. <laughs> Your body was like a sneeze. Okay. Just like a mom who's had four kids on her period.
that come out of her nose? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> like, wait, wait a second. I'm sorry. Um, guess what? I'm making bloopers for this. Episode. Oh, crap. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. I think it deserves it. <laughs> Just like stitched on at the end. It would be funny. Yeah. Okay, like fine. I'm all right. I'm, I'm all right with that. You do it. Gonna make it. I don't know. Gonna Even if you're not scheduled to edit this episode, you're editing this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I am. I think you are. Because I think my last one was Casablanca, which I still haven't done. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, you have, because it's Christmas cool. time. Yes, you're right. Wow. Okay, so yeah. Anyway.